feet. Knocks off number one, Indiana. Brent Spillane continues to be the hottest thing in college baseball. The Illini win it over Ohio State, 28 to 21 at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Darren for the tie. He got it. Oh, he got it. 80-80. Welcome to Oski Talk. I am Patrick Catazone with Anthony Pasquale here. And Illinois is 1-0. and A big win against Akron was something that we both expected, but I feel like we learned a lot this week. Yeah, and it went totally opposite of how we thought. Uh, we thought Illinois was kind of going to come out flat and really show who the better team was in the second half. But right from the get-go, they, they took the ball on the coin toss. They won the cost and toy, coin toss, and instead of deferring, they elected to receive, went right down, scored a touchdown, allowed some heavy chunks of yards on the way back, held them to a field goal, and did not turn back, won 42-3 to over the Zips. Great showing by the Illini. Yeah, and, and, you know, we'll get into the injuries a little bit later, but the first thing I want to talk about is Brandon Peters' ability. I felt like he definitely can run, right? He knows how he can run, but he's not a strong runner. He can scramble. Yeah, he, okay. He can scramble. That's what I'd put it. Yeah. He can scramble, but he can't, like, I would not put him in a read option. Maybe I'd put him in a read option. Yeah, a read option would work really well because I didn't I, expect him to keep it. But right. the, the whole thing with, with mobile quarterbacks is you have the, the run-first guys, and I think A.J. Bush, M.J. Rivers were both run-first guys. And then you have a guy like Brandon Peters who, if there's a sack coming, I trust him to evade it, but I also trust him to make a throw. And there's a lot of guys who struggle on the run, off the back foot, but Peters has arm strength like I don't nobody we've ever seen. And he's really good at controlling his throw, no matter where he's throwing from. Like He had that really nice scramble with a defender on his back, delivered a strike. And then he evaded a couple sacks. He scrambled all the way for a touchdown on one of the plays. So he has legs that you, you don't really need to doubt. No, I agree. I So that was good. He can make throws. There were a couple overthrows where I just was like, you know what? Like, these are – he didn't have anyone open. Like, these are overthrows. He, he's putting it where, you know, a defender can't get in. He's not going to get sacked. So he really has that intelligence, which I love to it's see. It's like the Aaron Rodgers intelligence. Like, right. I'm not going to take a sack. I'm going to chuck the ball as far as right. I can. I think he only had one sack, right? Wasn't he sacked once? That's the only time I can think of. He was hit yeah, a couple he got times. Hit, he got hit really hard when he got sacked, but I can only remember one sack. Right. So, you know, that was pretty good, you know. But he has that intelligence at quarterback. I feel like we haven't had in a while. Like, Wes Lunt would purposely throw – like, not purposely, but, like, he, he would – really try and stretch a pass and get intercepted. So, like, it wasn't – he was forcing stuff. Whereas I don't think Brandon Peters forces throws. Like, and, and on top of it, too, the guy who was catching it on the other side should be Trayvon Sinton. I don't know why he didn't play in the first quarter. You were up in the box. Did they say anything about that? No, they didn't at all. And it, and it just kind of seemed like right from the get-go, he was targeting Ricky Smalling more than anybody. Right. Smalling had over 10 targets, which is pretty rare for a game which – he didn't really have that many yards. He only caught four passes, but he was targeted well over ten times in the game. And it seemed like they kind of had a little bit of a relationship already coming into the game, which is a good thing. You want your quarterback to have relationships. But kind of seems like Trayvon Sidney 
is a little bit more talented than Smalling, so you want to see him with the ball in his hands more. Right. He only caught one pass, but it was for a touchdown. So I guess you take take that for what it's worth. Hopefully they get him more involved in weeks coming. Yeah, I agree. So here's – and I, I feel like this is a good switching point to talk about the receiving core. One, Ricky Smalling – not driving passes like he did last like last year. No, not at all. He, he looks like, he looked way better. He did, and he was running his routes really sharp. He was it seemed like every time the ball was thrown to him, it was open, and that's not always a testament to the receiver. But a lot of times, if your route can shake off a defensive back, there's no pressure in catching the ball because you're not going to get hit for a while. And he had some good yard after the catch. Um, some yak, yeah, some yak. Get some game. great yak. And he he just looked composed when he was running routes. He looked like a favorite target of Brandon Peters. and right. You've seen it all over Twitter. He's a prime candidate to really break out this season. Yeah, I always thought that Ricky Smalling had the ability to be a really good wide receiver. I think we saw that in like his freshman year and his sophomore year. Like he could run routes he's super fast, but he could not catch the ball in like really crucial moments last year. And I felt like this year he got some of those same kind of throws that were probably even a little bit better because Brandon, Brandon Peters was throwing him. He was catching him right away. Like there wasn't a throw I felt like at all where like I was like, you know what, that was a bad drop. That happened way too much last year. That is cleaned up in the offense, which is great to see. A lot of that is is I mean, Smalling's getting older, and we added a ton of talent. The other guy that I wanted to talk about was Josh Imorta Bebe, right? Did I say that right? I'm pre- all I know is it's Bebe at the end. I just want to say I just feel like we should just call him Josh Bebe. Like, like Georgie. It's, it's right. Bebe and it's Georgie. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, he's, he's huge. He's huge. And he's fast. He's ginormous. He's 6'2", what, like 230 pounds? He ran, I'll look it up. He ran a little hitch route, caught the ball, and shook off two guys at the same time and almost ran for a touchdown on a little hitch route. And Brandon Peters was talking about it after the game to the media, about just how big he is when he grabs the ball. He's such an easy target for Peters to throw to. 215 pounds. That's ginormous. It's a big boy to try to cover. He, he matches up very well in a college um, game. Yeah. Because you got 6'2", is it? 215. Yeah. Against a cornerback, he's going to body you up. Right. Put him against the linebacker, and he's going to run right by you. Right. And I think the Illini can really use him to their advantage matchup-wise, almost like a tight end. But he's much quicker than a tight end, so I'm excited to see what he can do this season. Yeah, I agree. I, I am excited, but like when you think about like wide receiving court, like how perfect do we have it right now? Because we have the six-two giant on one end that is is the deep ball threat in my eyes, or the quick like quick hitch and yak player, right? Yeah. You got Trayvon Sidney, who's going to be the big time slot player, like Dudek, good slot player. Um, Dudek 2014, I should say, good <laughs> slot wide receiver. And Ricky Smalling on the other end, who could will, will run you out like, you know, he's fast. He'll outrun you. Yeah, and love it, to see this. Like we haven't had this kind of wide receiver since we had Geronimo and and do that together. Right, and it's something I, I've seen it a little bit on social media recently. A lot of people are confident with Illinois and their ability to find these receivers to make catches, but is there somebody to take the top off the defense? I think it could be Smalling because of his speed, or Bebe just because. If you throw it up to him, odds are he's going to get it, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. I don't want to, like, over overemphasize how good our, our team is right now because I feel like 
a loss is imminent. Yeah. Maybe not against UConn, maybe not Eastern Michigan, but Nebraska. But yeah, like I love to see it. And, and on top of it, let's let's move on to now the the running backs so far. Now that we've gotten to see them, Epstein had the most of anyone, and it seems like that injury was bad. Yeah. Anytime you get Carter off, like I love he's not going to tell us tomorrow. Um, as as you're listening right now, we'll be at the press conference, so check your Twitter accounts. Um, he's not going to tell us tomorrow the update on Mike Epstein. There's no chance. There is no chance he says anything about about what it is. But yeah, it was. I'm just, guessing it's bad. It it was really tough to see because it was a little bit windy at Memorial Stadium, and we didn't know he was in the tent. But the tent blew off, and then all you saw was him with a towel on his head with his knee wrapped up. And it was, it was heartbreaking to see from the press box. Um, and, and it's just something you don't like to see. This is a guy that's worked and worked and worked, kind of lost the job to Reggie Corbin last year, got a big chunk of the carries to, or on Saturday, and then got hurt. You know, we don't like to speculate, but it definitely looks like it could be one of those season ending or at least big chunk of the season uh, injuries, and it also didn't help that Reggie Corbin went down with a little hip injury during the game after his explosive first drive. But with the the running backs as a whole, they they are definitely a running team. They outran um, Akron as a whole offensively, and with their 219 yards on the ground from seven different players, a couple of end arounds they tried, but. Dre Brown got a chunk of the carries. Kenyon Sims had a, a few carries. Brandon Peters ran a little bit. Corbin, Rayvon Bonner, and then Epstein. When you have that many running backs, that's a really good thing for Rod Smith to play around with. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it, with, with him out, and I, I'd be curious because it's UConn, um, I wonder if they just say, hey, Reggie, like, take a week. Take a week. Get better. And we'll give it to Rayvon because Rayvon Bonner. I mean, I mean, look at this. The depth is amazing. I mean, I mean, even without Mike Epstein, Rayvon Bonner could be a first stringer. I mean, obviously we've had a long time. Had Dre Brown, he could be really good. Uh, Jakari Norwood, obviously we haven't seen a whole lot of him yet, so he's still unproven. And you know, like this, this is a great running back depth chart. We'll see. I, I would rather have Reggie Corbin set out next week and play Rayvon Bonner at first string. And, or Dre Brown even, because I mean, Dre Brown can run as well. Yeah. We, we just haven't seen him healthy yet. Um, but once he goes down, then I'd start learning a little bit about the running back core. <laughs> but, you know, those three guys now <laughs> it, it might potentially out for a while. Um, I, I would trust I, I trust them. They will do well. Yeah, and it and I'm, I'm going to move to quarterbacks. I think it's a good jumping step because you mentioned depth. They have a ton of depth at quarterback. Um, it seemed like... During the offseason leading up to the season, it was between Brandon Peters and Isaiah Williams. But when the game got out of hand, they didn't bring in Isaiah Williams. They brought in Matt Robinson, and he looked pretty good. He, um, he only completed one pass, but it was for 31 yards, and he kind of handled the offense um, just to eat some clock a little bit. And Isaiah Williams didn't come in, and we asked Lovey after the game, like, like, why, pretty much, why was Matt Robinson first one up instead of Isaiah Williams? And he said, we have a plan for Isaiah. He's definitely yes, he going to play, and that's what we think. We, or or he's waiting for Big Ten play. Like, why waste Isaiah Williams' red shirt against 
Akron and Akron, UConn, UConn Eastern Michigan, or Warriors. We might as well play against Nebraska and still North keep Western and keep the retro because you can play four games. Um, and like I said in in the first edition of the pod this year, the Illini could use them a lot like the Saints use Taysom Hill. Like he can split out wide a little bit, run some right. wildcat. It could be very interesting when they kind of use Isaiah Williams, and if and if it's kind of like a trick up their sleeve. Why, why show your hand now when you can save it for the games that really matter? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree on that. Uh, Matt Robinson, do not want to see him ever start. <laughs> I am not a Matt Robinson fan. I know um, that um, – oh, why am I blanking on his name? Our offensive coordinator, Rod Smith. Rod Smith, um, Rod Smith really likes him. Uh, I'm not really too high on him, but I'd rather see Peters keep on playing. And Peters took a hit too, so that was that was hard to see. Uh, let's switch it up. Let's talk about defense a little bit. Nate Hobbs almost got injured. That was bad. If he's out, then our corner depth is absolute crap. Yeah, and, and especially because, you know, that that injury before the season to Beeson. But Nate Hobbs was gone for a while. You you texted me while I was up in the press box. Yeah, like, I was I was you, trying to get all the scoops. Do you see him? I was Where's freaking out. But he eventually came in, um, ended up with six tackles on the game. Um, second most on the team, who was outshined a little bit by Jake Hansen. And yeah. What a game by him. He was amazing. He had Sorry. <laughs> seven total tackles. He had a sack, an interception, a fumble forced and recovered. He was just a menace out there defensively. And if he could keep that up, he really took a lot of weight off the defensive line, who's without Bobby Roundtree this year. Yeah. But, but I mean, they played really well, too. Six sacks. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, he was great. He was great throughout the game. He gets a lot of, you know, a lot of BS for people who are always like, ah, he's too small to be a linebacker in the, you know, Big Ten. But here's the thing. With the Tampa 2 that we run, we don't have a nickel corner. Yeah, so you need that kind so of you hybrid need, back. So you need the hybrid back who could play nickel, and that's Jake Hansen, yeah. right? So, you know, we got to give him a little bit more credit than, than he deserves because I, I – and, and specifically, I'm going to get a lot of crap for saying this. But the Tampa 2 might save us this year because of the lack of corner depth. Yeah, and, and if you have these athletic front seven that can play some corner or right. at least some defense on receiving cores but still stop the run, that's their best chance at having a defense that can do just enough to let the offense win games. Because the defense is not going to be a defense that wins games for Illinois. It's going to be a defense that gives the offense enough to win games, I yeah. think. Yeah, and I agree. And, and I, I have a couple more things I'd say about this, too. If Marquez Beeson was available this year, I would say screw the linebacker, play nickel the entire series. Specifically because, I don't know if you watched the safeties today, like last week, that there was that one overthrown pass that should have been a touchdown from Akron. Mm-hmm. That was just a terrible blown, like a blown play by Tony Adams. Yeah. Sorry to call him out, but him and I thought Brown were not that strong at safety this week. Hopefully they'll get better, but I worry way more about that secondary than that front front six. That being said, some of those those um sacks are completely on the secondary. There were some really good coverage sacks in this game, but I felt like the safeties were a little weak. Yeah, and I mean, next week, defensively, you're without 
uh, Kirby Joseph for the first half because of his penalty, yep. which um, anytime you're without one of your starters on defense, it's going to hurt a little bit. And then, I mean, I just want to talk for a second. Yeah, all right. This is this is the next point. We, ha- we have to talk about it. We, we're already 15 minutes of the podcast, and we haven't talked about this yet. It's bad. Milo, man. He's amazing. He's so good. He's he's like an actual linebacker, like strength wise. Like I can't believe like apparently Daley Harding was supposed to come out before him, but is like supposed to be the bigger linebacker this year. But it's gonna be it's gonna be Eifler. And poor guy that he hit. I feel so bad for that guy. He got plowed. Yeah, he got annihilated. And and the best part the best part about it was. The, it came right after Kirby Joseph's ejection, yeah. and right after Milo got a 15-yard penalty for unnecessary roughness. So he was definitely a little bit mad, but he delivered the cleanest, Madden hard hit, hit stick yeah. hit, yeah, it was, and dropped the Akron player who had to be walked to the locker room yeah, after it. I, I mean, he was poor guy, cradled up like a ball yeah. after that hit, and that was. It was one of the rare times when you hear noise in the press box, and it was just everybody going, ooh, at the same time. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's hilarious. You're not even supposed to do that in the, in the press I box. I mean, how but, could you not? That right, hit that, was insane. Yeah. Everyone was talking about it, too. The best part, my favorite part of the hit, too, was when he made the hit, and the play kept on going, because it was a fumble, I think, right? And he's already celebrating yeah. it. And they, like they, everyone else was scrambling to the ball. It was undecided it was if it was an incomplete pass or a fumble. And the Illini defense is running after it, covering it, and he's just pounding his chest yeah. at the bench. He was fired up. Yeah, that was a good play. Like you, you don't even need to make the play after the after that hit. Like you just need to make the hit. You lay the guy out and, and you celebrate. <laughs> right. Um, I feel like to wrap it up, let's talk about the defensive line. Wole is gonna be really good. Matiko? Oh yeah. Like University of Illinois at Southern California this year, which is which is who we are. These guys from USC came to play. Yeah, I mean he had three sacks. He was and amazing. You love to see that. And then I'm probably gonna gonna botch the name, but Shogbonio, I don't really know how to say it, but he had two and a half sacks too. And and if these are the guys that are gonna be taking Bobby Roundtree's spot. Not, not to say that you can totally fill him leadership-wise, but at least performance-wise, it looks like they're in good hands. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Owen Carney was good. I, I like to see him play really well. Uh, the guy who I did not really see was Calvin Avery a whole lot. I'm trying to look at the statistics, see if he even – is he even in? I don't think I even yeah, saw him yeah, at all. Yeah, he's not on the, the box score that yeah. we're looking at. So. so I wonder if he's injured right now. Didn't hold, see a whole lot from him from DT. Jamal Milan is back, as always. Senior year, he's going to step up. Uh, Leary Oladipo. Can we talk about Leary? He's huge now. Yeah, he's He was massive. recruited as a defensive end. They made him ginormous. Yeah, he's – and I mean, he had his sack and – I mean, he's he's somebody that if he can play like he did on Saturday, Illinois' defense is going to look a lot different. And and you mentioned, I just want to take a quick second, flip back to offense really quick. Justice Williams made the transition to tight end, and he caught his first career touchdown. So after a long, long time coming for him, good for Justice Williams to get that first touchdown. But back to who you're talking about, Leary Oladipo, that. That's an exciting story to watch unfold. 
Yeah, it, you know, and he got. I know he had the uh, issue. He had like uh, a domestic battery charge against him which that got never dropped. Good. Yeah, which got was got dropped. I mean, obviously it's a bad situation, but apparently he wasn't guilty of it. So, um, but it's good to see him play really well. And I, I just want to say he just got ginormous. He really did. He got big, and that was great. The other guy too, I, I thought I might as well was shout out was uh, Tariq Barnes. I feel like uh, he got a decent amount of hype in, in camp. As a freshman, and I thought he made a couple good tackles. Yeah, as the, in two, he made two good tackles. <laughs> yeah, the defense in, in the late of the game. But Lovey said before the season, "I know our defense has improved," and you can't really say that until you see him perform. But if you play game one last year to game one this year, defense was way better. So you keep building on that. This could be a very exciting season for Illinois. It will be, and uh, with that being said. Let's talk a little bit, because we don't have an interview today, um, let's talk a little bit about around the league real quick. Teams that did not look really good. Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota. And none of those guys looked that good. And if you could win those games against Northwestern, Purdue, Minnesota, you're looking at a bowl game. Right. Minnesota won that game against San Diego State. I don't know if you watched it. But they basically won because of a fumble in the last five minutes on their 40-yard line. So they had 40 yards to go, touchdown, it was easy. But they were losing to San, uh, San Diego. South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. Yeah. And it was like the Rabbits were killing them the whole game. They won because of dumb luck. Yeah. So and, and that should have been a loss. And Purdue losing came as a shock, but they didn't deserve to win that game. Nope. Same with Northwestern. And, and alphabetically... Yeah, Northwestern's game, I will say this. Did you watch that game? A little bit. Not the entire game. They were terrible on defense. Like, all the way to the, till the fourth quarter when they started coming back a little bit. But they missed so many tackles. Like, if they made tackles, they would have won that game against Stanford. But they just... The defense looked really bad. Yeah. So, I want to diss on them right now because... That loss was it was hard to watch because their defense was so bad. But Pat Fitzgerald is probably going to fix that by the time we play. Oh yeah, I mean we play in the last week of the right. season. But I just want to point out, alphabetically, Illinois leads the Big Ten West right now. Hey, and and that's first place in the Big Ten West. Yeah, right? No biggie. And We're then, here for it. Meanwhile, the entire Big Ten East won. All of them won. Indiana, Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Rutgers. Even Rutgers won week one. Pretty much expected. None of these Big Ten teams should be losing week one. Um, obviously, Purdue Northwestern had their hiccups, but it, this is a very, very good conference. Yeah. Also, Nebraska shouldn't have won that game either. They don't look as good either. This Illini season can be very exciting, so watch out. Because if, if those there could be wins against Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue this year, and we have Rutgers. Those are five games now, and I'm having a. I'm still on my like August high right now. Yeah, <laughs> there are five potential games where I'm like, hey, these could be wins. I've never seen Patrick this excited. I know. I've never seen him this about excited. the Illini. I was so down, and I was pretty sure we were gonna lose against Akron, and then and then we <laughs> destroyed him. I was like, you know what? This team might be that good. And if so. they could keep building on that game while these other teams that didn't look great game one maybe don't build up, they're right in it. You know, and the, and we're not saying that they're gonna beat Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers, but 
they those games those after week one look more winnable than they did before week one. Right. I and that's it. a good sign. Very good sign. Uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about volleyball with two key wins to start the season. This is just going to be another great volleyball season. It is, and it's it's way more exciting. Huff Hall was rocking today, number six against number nine. Tennessee gave him a good fight, but Illinois was just too much for him. Um, I mean, the volleyball team is, is the best team we have on campus, and they're primed to improve on last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they did. They 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 did lose some guys, lost some seniors. But the thing is, Chris Thomas is always going to, um, he's always going to put together a good enough team. Yeah, I mean, they lost I mean? a really good setter last year, and it doesn't look like they missed a beat at all. And Jacqueline Quaid is a beast. Yeah, she's really good. Did you see the kill that they put on the uh, I mean, on Twitter? Yeah. You should check that out. It was really good. Yeah. It was it was it was a phenomenal kill that she put on and uh, yeah, this team it's gonna be good again. I mean it's impressive that they beat Tennessee. Um, it took five games. Yeah. Or five sets, I mean, but a it, big just, win. Yeah. I feel like you can't even talk enough about this team because they're just that good. So and you know, the RPI is always a big thing when it's coming into tournaments and having a top ten win this early in the season is gonna be huge for Illinois down the stretch too. Yep. yep. And we'll see when Big Ten comes around, Michigan not Michigan, Minnesota, I should say is a big one. Nebraska. That'll be fun to play. Yeah. Definitely. I can't I cannot wait to play in Nebraska. Holy cow. <laughs> Trying to keep it clean. Um That'll pretty much do it for Oski Talk. We've, uh, I think, we talked enough about football and volleyball today. You guys are tired of our voices. Yeah, I am. I'm. I am so high on football right now. Like I am. I'm ready to say that we could go to a bowl game, and then now we're gonna lose eight games. <laughs> I'm like, I right now, I'm like, you know what? This team looks right there, but hopefully, my credential can take me to Detroit or the Pinstripe Bowl. Oh yeah. wherever they end up going. Dude, it's gonna be like a ten dollar ticket anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not gonna be too expensive, but. Quick and lane bowl, here we come. Yeah, well, that's all the time we have here today. Everybody book their flights to wherever you think Illinois is going to be playing. Yeah, so book a bunch of flights. That's what we're saying. Detroit, New York, uh, Bahamas, New York. Yeah, we might go pinstripe bowl would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. How cool would that be if we went there? If if we went there, that'd probably be my first time in Yankee Stadium and be watching my college football game. Well, anyway, thank you guys for listening to Oski Talk. We'll talk to you guys again Thursday. But for now, for Patrick, I'm Anthony saying have a good day.